Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast, it is episode 16. My name is Luke Hatfield and I am alongside a man who has just foregone Greg's to go to the One Pound Bakery and I tell you what, it showed. Mr Lewis Cox, how did you enjoy that meal? Good afternoon Luke. Good afternoon. That, that was okay. It was, you know what you're going to get from Pound Bakery? You're going to get, as I said to you before we went on air, bang for your buck. You know, it, I, there was I, no bang whatsoever to, no. that, to that bakery. <laughs> the word bang, yeah, take that how you want to. But yeah, poor man's Greg's, as I call it. Bump for your book, maybe. Um, we've got a work experience lad with us. Yeah. I forgot to mention him in the last podcast. Felt kind of bad. Do you want to introduce yourself? Long distance from the microphone. Um, my name's Joe. Um, work experience student Southampton. Just here for the bounce. Here for, for the, the bounce. <laughs> You're in the wrong pod. Who, uh, who do you support, Joe? Uh, Swindon Town Farm. Swindon. Swindon Town. League two. I don't know a Swindon fan until I met you. I know someone from Swindon. You know him. Swindon. Massey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe Massey. Joseph Massey, yeah. yeah. There must be a lot of Joes from Swindon. But he's from Swindon, he doesn't support them, that says a lot. No, he's an Ipswich Town fan. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, food was nice, mate. I wish I could have had more time to enjoy it, but... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm rushing you, mate. I've got to be home at four, and we started this recording, and just gone half two. Okay. Um, <laughs> But no, um, noticed you were uh, enjoying uh, enjoying Resorts World Birmingham last night. For those who yeah. don't know, uh, Lewis Cox was um, he, he went went out to um, watch. Is it Scott Goldborn? <laughs> you saw that Twitter reply to me, then did you? Yeah, I that? did indeed. Yeah, um, yeah, I went and watched Scott Goldborn perform hip hop live on stage. Spit some fat bars. <laughs> nah, um, he. Uh, I went to watch Drake. Who looks a lot like Scott Goldborn. Yeah, his left foot's not as good. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, Drake tearing down the wing. Um, but then maybe, I don't know, maybe Scott Goldborn's tearing down the wing days are not as full throttle as they used to be when he was playing for Wolves, maybe. You know what I'm going to do in, in the spirit of you going to watch Drake? I'm going to try and get as many Drake song titles oh, this in this is good. podcast. As yes, ever. yes. Also, for the pod picture, it should be one of those split collages with Drake next to Scott Goldborn. I might load a picture like that into the into it, but I won't use it as a lead image. Um, oh, yeah, because we have our brand, don't we? We have brand our awareness. brand. We have our brand. brand um, but, yeah, it's going to be non-stop Drake titles being thrown in. And if you, for those of you who are Drake uh, <laughs> Drake enthusiasts, I will have just dropped one in there non-stop. No. <laughs> we'll talk some headlines God, as well, shall headlines. we? Headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I jest. But no, was it good? Enjoy it? Yeah, really good, mate. Yeah, I um, Free ticket for you as well. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> what about me not paying money again? Um, yeah, cheaps out, cheaps out on the bakery. Well, yeah, free ticket let, for Drake. Let, less said about the uh, cost of the beers at that particular arena, the better. £16 for three small Heinekens. You've got to make their money somewhere if you're getting free tickets. Mate. I almost fainted at the... Uh, <laughs> at the checkout, checkout, whatever you call it, at the bar, I was raging with that. But um, oh yeah, I'm. I used to be a big Drake fan. Um, going back a few years, seen him a few times, but not for a while. And I wasn't going to go this time, to be honest. It's his. Um, he's obviously touring with a new album, UK tour at the moment. But someone hey, used to work out. Used to work here actually. Tom Oakley, shout out Tom. Oh, too good. Tom is too good. Legend. He's, he's a legend. Uh, we started it together actually, almost the same week. We kind of followed each other's paths here at uh, ENS and Shropshire Star HQ, and yeah, he offered a couple of free ones because he was reviewing it for his uh, this this place he now works for, and yeah, I think the tickets are about hundred quid. 
Yes, indeed. Um, which I would never have paid. Like, I don't like him that much anymore. But I've got to say, uh, obviously he's been around a while now, Drake, and he played a lot of his... He's been of, around forever. Yeah. Been around forever. Played a lot of his old catalogue and it was class. It was class. I've got something to say that's Drake and Pod Shrewsbury Town related. Go on. Um, there are at least three that I know of town players there. Really? Yeah. The Mandem. Really? Go, go on, go on then. Who was there? Well, <laughs> um, Tyrese Campbell was there on loan from Stoke. Yeah. He was there with Roshan Williams, who we signed from Manchester United in January. I say we, who town signed yeah. uh, in January. Um, and the most interesting one, I say interesting loosely, Josh Loren was there. Yeah. Right. But he was, I didn't realise until later on, in the next block to me, which was which is close. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. about... Not miles away, are you? It's 20 feet or something. Um, and what, like one row behind me. And at the gig last night, I, I, I kept, not kept noticing, but a few times out the corner of my eye, I turned my head. I looked over, because there were a few empty seats, so you could see better as well. Mm. I, thought, I thought... I'm upset about them empty seats, you know. But they're still on sale if you look on some website, so like you can still buy Drake tickets. Because he's doing three three nights, so you could still go tonight if you so decided to. Or a you fortune, could, though? Well, yeah. I can't moan, I was free. Anyway, I was looking at the corner of my eye and seeing this this um, this chap and his, his missus, I presumed, a, a bloke and a girl. Yeah. And I thought, that guy looks like Josh Loren. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a guy I've reported on all season and interviewed many times, and I actually get on with Josh. He's a good lad. Um, but I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think for one split second that Josh Loren might be here, which is a bit stupid considering I know he lives around Shrewsbury and... Could well be a Drake fan and would probably come to the Birmingham show. Yeah. I didn't even think it. I just thought, oh, he looks like him. Then I'd look back again later on in the show because he caught my eye or whatever and think, yeah, he did. And I even noticed that they were going, they were, you know, having a good sing song, him and his missus. Mm. Didn't think anything of it until I got home, saw his Instagram story, which had posted videos of like similar view to me. Oh, so there, were no, si- of- there were no signs beforehand that he was going to go, no. <laughs> I just messaged him <laughs> saying, were you in block four? <laughs> block four? And yeah, I. Like, I spent, you know, I looked a couple of times at the night and there was a shoot player right there. And of course, if, you know, if I'd have clocked it was him, I'd have gone and had a word and like, you were right. But subconsciously, you must strange, have known. It's strange that I, you know, he looked like him and I thought, well, that, that looks like him, but never clocked it was him. Um, yeah, who knew you could um, combine Shrewsbury and Drake so, so well as who, we have. Who knew? Who knew? I'm trying to think of some more some I've, titles. I've, really I've thrown so many in and you haven't actually, even noticed. No. I haven't even noticed. It's been brilliant. Um, anyway, let's talk some football. See, I've got a whole list there. Like, I'm, actually, whole list. I'm actually interested in which ones you find. You'll have to listen back. You will have to uh, listen back. Um, I thought you were doing it from memory. I was, I was quite impressed. Oh, if I was doing it from memory, that would be pretty spectacular. No, I'm not I'm, I'm not doing it from memory. Um, I'm going to think of some now. Carry on. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the games that we missed because it's been a while since our last podcast. It's been almost three weeks. I haven't seen you for a while, Luke. Nathan stood in last time. Nathan Judah. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard good things. Um, but no, it's been a while since we've last done one, so we're going to go run through four games, four Shrewsbury Town games. Um, yeah, it's not been the best. The first one. Oh, well, there's been. I tell you what, there's been a lot of two ones. Um, and let's talk about the two um, away days. Yeah, the, the two away day, two one defeats. Rochdale and Plymouth. Uh, considering the way the league one table is, then neither of them are great defeats, are they? Well, it's just worth glancing over these. Really, I mean. At the time, I was thinking back. 
Town were five unbeaten. Um, I think when we done the last pod, they'd just drawn the Wimbledon game, which was the fifth of, of five games unbeaten, and like sort of spirits were in a good place. You know, five unbeaten, heading in the right direction, looking like they might get out of it. Headed to Rochdale, who had just sacked Key Phil actually, and um, then had a few days later on the Tuesday in Plymouth, two teams around them. Obviously, Town have been spectacularly bad away this season. It's time to banish that, and it's never happened either place. The, the record in Rochdale is terrible historically. It's, I haven't won there for like forever since Adam was a lad, and uh, they still haven't won there because they lost two one. And like you said, two one as well. A few days later, it's just against God's plan, isn't it? Yes, very good. Got that one. Got that one. God's plan. <laughs> you can't let them down, obviously. No, I, well, um, I, I had to do that one. I was just squeeze that one in. Um, just try and wait, wait until you find hotline bling. Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to work out if you've said in my feelings yet. Yeah, I have said that. Have you? No. Ah, okay. Um, Rochdale, yeah. What was memorable? The Chippy, which is pretty famous, just outside the stadium. Although I had an absolute mare, because I asked for mushy peas and they gave me chickpeas. Chickpeas at a chip shop? Essentially, yeah. What? I don't really know what chickpeas are, but I asked for mushy peas. You know when you get like hummus? Hummus is just mashed up chickpeas. Chickpeas are nice, but I've never had them at a chip no, shop before. It was terrible. It was terrible. I, I, I don't know what chickpeas are. I'd never order them. It sounds far too healthy for me. Is it chickpeas on the road or are they like in some sort of dressing? No, they were on top of my chips. Chickpeas what? on top of chips? Are you sure these just I weren't terrible garden mushy peas? peas? Terrible are you mushy sure peas. These and I was with the Shrewsbury Channel staff and media staff, I should say. And I said to these, what is going on here? And they said, you've been given chickpeas rather than mushy peas. And it ruined my day before it even started, really. Was that the... Where's the best place you've had chips before? Because we, 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 we went to Ludlow. Uh, no, not Bridgenorth. Ludlow. Bridgenorth even, sorry. And that's probably the best I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Well, you, you know, as from previous podcast listeners will know, we're big um, condones of the orange chip from the black country. So. Still yet to try it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Still to try it. Anyway, the football at Rochdale, the, the surface was horrendous. There are some dodgy pitches in League One, but that was was it bad? Top of the shop, yeah. The the wings were non-existent. There were some horrendous patches of non-existent grass. It's just you, you you just got to take care, and you know when you <laughs> on, <laughs> you need right, to put I'm, a little ding in every time you say one. On like the edit, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm forcing them in too much here. I'm going to let this podcast flow a little bit now. Go on. Okay, flow like Drake. Uh, um, yeah it, town never got started that day and it finished with a bit of a climax I mean they went 2-0 down to terrible goals they, they were set pieces they've got it certainly had probably fair to say still got a set piece issue in that they can't and couldn't defend them into the box it's been a bit of a problem all season mm. both goals there were from switching off set pieces because town probably edged the start of the game and looked half decent but fell flat conceded terrible goals um, scored just into added time uh, you thought there was a bit of added time left that might be able to rally and there's a climatic finish where um, Stefan Payne from the bench hit the bar went on the line cleared mm. if there was goal line tech at Spotland you never know but um, yeah nothing doing and they didn't really deserve it and, and yeah, I got the feeling just, I mean, just wasn't happy I wasn't there and I got the feeling from, from your report and the way you were kind of covering the game that they didn't really deserve anything. No, no, it. it was poor. It was poor. There's a, I feel like there's a bit of a hoodoo at Rochdale for Shrewsbury Town, which is weird because mm. a lot of the players are new, but it's just a wretched record of like 2001, last time they won there. And they play like most, you know, most seasons. It's, it's a long time, man. It's a long yeah, time. Yeah, and um, speaking of tough away days, he went to Plymouth. Absolute trek. 
Um, it was heartbreak. It was heartbreak as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll be honest. There are better better places to concede a last minute penalty to lose a game than Plymouth away. At least you had a hotel. At least, yeah. I, I mean, I can't complain personally. I had a hotel, apart from the fact I had to drive on the next day, which you know eats into your day off. But there you go. Um, they did not play well that night. The first half that night, as as it was reported at the time, was the worst of probably the worst of played under Ricketts. Mm. Uh, it was really bad for certainly half an hour they were all over the shop so slow ponderous all over defensively they were so out of shape it was horrendous interestingly as you might remember I was behind the goal at Plymouth yeah they're, they're, they're having work done on yeah, the press yeah. box aren't they uh, work done on one of the main stands so the press box where it was it's been moved temporarily this season to behind the goal and that was weird you don't cover matches from behind the goal so you got a different view definitely it's, I mean, it's a weird one because it's a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's too good if you're watching from the other end, though, because no, you're not going to see any of the action had, down at the fan, other goal, man. Thankfully, they had TVs on loop, so you could see good TV camera highlights. Mm. So that was, wasn't a problem. But if there were no TVs, you'd be royally buggered. Um, but yeah, you. I mean, you're in real trouble there yeah, trying to see the other end. That I mean, night, at least you didn't get so like Joe Edwards did. Oh, yeah, the drip. Yeah, <laughs> the drip dripping on the drip. Um, <laughs> that night Town got back in, improved second half got back into it uh, penalty from Ollie Norburn and you know you would have snatched your hand off for a point there from Plymouth absolutely because they're improving to be fair but of course um, Ludarpo scores well yeah he scored the opener but Anthony Grant that night came back into the team after suspension had a massive brain fart at the end or whatever you can call it do you reckon that is down to him being out beforehand? no you, no you, just um, I think it's a good talking point, Anthony Grant, actually. We can sort of labour on that point. But he had a poor game. Um, and mental... I think it's concentration and like mental mm. fatigue at the end of a game. Because I don't know if you make that tackle at the start. Uh, you know, you get tired at the end and don't make the right decisions or whatever. But he's 31 experienced pro. He's probably one of, if not the most experienced player in that team. Mm. But, you know, loads, hundreds of appearances, player of the year. You wouldn't expect that from him. Sort of, you know, he's someone you should be able to depend on, you know. Um, and obviously, he conceded that penalty over needless tackle in the box from behind when there was no real danger. Conceded the pen, and that was that. Grant, probably, I think it's a talking point with, with the town fan base. Um, probably since Christmas, really has declined in performances. Before Christmas, he was superb. Yeah. Probably player of the season, a leading contender, but it's dipped a little. And Tan miss what he brought to the side, which was like a tenacity, the way he sort of covered the ground, and he's so intelligent to win free kicks and win the ball. And he's a bit of a, you'd have to bleep it out on it, I couldn't use the word, but someone you'd want on the, in the trenches on your team. Yeah. You know, a bully in a nice way, like experienced. And He's a warrior. Yeah, he's, lo- he's lost a little bit of an edge. And it's been noticed by by fans, and mm. you know, he he subsequently um, was left out of the following game where they played um, Wickham at home, which they they won despite the toxic animosity from the crowd. Yeah, uh, came back in for the most recent game, uh, Pompey, and again wasn't particularly bad, but didn't look at his best. So 
A little bit of concern, just because you know he's not he's not been terrible, but he's dipped below the high standards he set himself. Really, yeah, and you know you, you went on to the, the Wiccan game, and let's talk about that one because a massive result. <sighs> that was a, a huge result. I mean, two one, and they were one nil down, and it looked worrying. One nil down in the eighty six minute. Yeah, yeah um, and it looked very very worrying. But I tell you what, the fans didn't hold back after the game. They weren't during happy. the game. They as weren't well. happy, were they? No, it was. Um, yeah, it was toxic, really, from the from the stands for a lot of the game. He didn't. Sam Ricketts didn't select Greg Doherty. Um, I mean, that's a baffling. Which decision. is the real ire from from the fans. They they can't get that. He's he's been so good in the in the main from from Rangers this season, and you know when they need goals and a bit of impetus from midfield and whatnot, he, he was obviously left out. And and even from the first half, as it was nil nil, um, it was a game Town really needs to win. Wimbledon, sorry, Wickham were. Out of sorts at the time, mm. without a winning, I think it's seven or eight. To be honest, they were really struggling, and hence it being a home game as well, where Town get the majority of their points from. They really needed to win that one, and uh, nil nil, struggling desperately. Really, it was um, there weren't much going for for Shrewsbury at all in that game, and then you know at nil nil it was bad enough. Chance of Doherty's name from the crowd, and for Jiri, who was also on the bench, and Matt Sadler, who was on the bench, it was mm. pretty. Pretty rough. They're directing it at the manager as well. You could see. I think second half started and it was nil nil. And then when Wickham went ahead on about the hour mark, they were, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Chance they were. There were some crazy. You know, there were Danny Coyne's Barmy Army chance in reference to yeah the goal. You know, the now first team coach being in temporary charge when he was caretaker. There's just you, you know at one point that he looked like Ricketts looked like he was going to make a, a sub in Stephen Payne and then. Fans sort of booed and he went and sat down. Pain. It was, it was really not uncomfortable. Is the wrong word. It was, it was really rough on the manager. Difficult, difficult afternoon. And yeah, it was a Wickham for it was a worldie for Wickham to put them ahead. And boy, oh boy, Ricketts needed a a, a result. You know, with five minutes to go, they were one 0 down. I I I wrote it at the time. I dread to think what would have happened come the full time whistle. We had the the day after Askey was sacked after the Salford FA Cup mm. draw. When and that was highly toxic on full time, um, and he was sat the next day. I I think the atmosphere and the the chance and all that on full time would have been similar. Mm. Um, if if they'd have lost at home, then that would have been a nightmare. He, you they equalised through Omar Beckles's header, um, and it was relief. It was such a relief to to get back a one one, and you would have taken that certainly at one nil down. Yeah. You, you were happy with that. At least you haven't lost. But to get the winner was a, a big boost, and it was all Sean Morley. Um, for me, he's been Town's best player the last few games. Generally, is um, even when struggling, the only one that looks like making something happen. Yeah, he was he was um, integral to winning that late pen, which Norman converted superbly. Good celebrations then, and it was good, a decent atmosphere come the full time whistle. But it could have been so different. Mm. And uh, you know, Ricketts came out and said he's you know been feeling and he felt the fans' frustrations. With the whole situation, obviously fans would counter that and say our frustrations are with the manager and his choices. But, you know, he's explained his choices and there's not a lot more we can sort of say. Yeah. I do when he's explained them, he he's makes makes the decisions, doesn't he? And we spoke about his rotation before and he's obviously going to live or die by the decisions he makes. That's any manager. So, thankfully they won that day. It was pretty, pretty nasty though. Yeah, it could have been much, much worse. So, and you'd think after a result like that, it gives you a bit of a shot in the arm, gives you some energy yeah. to maybe try and you know get back-to-back wins. But 
Although they put in a decent performance against Pompey, yeah. they've lost 2 0. I mean, it's a tough game because, you know, they're a promotion chaser and they're yeah. it was a weird. That was a weird, weird in comparison with the seven days prior at home to, to Wickham in that, you know, you go into Portsmouth one and no one really expects a lot. You know, they, they expect to lose realistically. Mm. A draw would be a good result against, you know, Kenny Jacket going up against Sam Ricketts, former colleagues. Uh, big ask. You know, Pompey desperately need wins themselves. And it was weird because Town lost 2-0. Yeah. Played well and, and got... You know, the fans were satisfied. The fans were happy and they appreciated the, the effort. Yeah, though, didn't yeah. They? yeah, and of the balance of the ninety minutes, Town were better than Portsmouth, which says a lot and is a lot of the frustration of this season. The Town can match the higher teams, the better teams. They can. The, the problem is they can get up for these big games and get up for playing against Pompey, but they can't manage it against the a lot of the bang average sides around them in in well the whole bottom twelve basically. Well, there's better change soon because they've got uh, a lot of them coming up. Yeah, yeah, which is a big concern and and away as well. Um, so a lot thought, oh, they might be able to get up for Portsmouth actually, which they did. And the first thirty minutes, I gotta say, um, it was the best they played under Ricketts. They were, you know, we had moved Sean Morley up from this right wing back position. So he was more attacking, they had Greg Doherty playing, they had Fajiri playing, they were linking, Pompey could not handle them at all. Mm. All at sea, all over the shop. You're thinking, yes, you know, look look good here. You're always wary of Pompey on the break, they got some class acts for that league. And errors, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we've also, we saw clips of the second goal um, where Steve Arnold you know, kicks it off. Off Brett Pittman and, and Beckles has just shielded it back. It was it was a nightmare. It was Sunday League stuff, and mm. thankfully it wasn't the decisive goal, and it was the second in a two 0 Yeah. Um, but even the first was avoidable. You know, five minutes before the break, it would have been a boost going in half time level, which they deserved. Yeah, they look. We've got to take. We've got to clutch at the positives of playing well against Portsmouth. Yeah, it's all about results at this stage of the season, but it didn't go their way. Just. You've got it's got to be that's got to be replicated because if they play like that against the teams that got left in the seven games they will win most of them yeah but that's consistency isn't it and that's they haven't been consistent this season and that's why they're where they are with 12 other teams that haven't been consistent this season um so are they gonna do it for you know five of the last seven as you said against teams around them we're at seven games to go now it's now on never it's now on ever time isn't it like mm. you know there's no more time to put it off to it's you need to get these wins now else like you're going to be in the bottom four soon that's it that's a worry right one team that have um, done slightly better than Shrewsbury Town this season albeit in a different league at AFC Telford unfortunately we we haven't got Johnny Drury here with us today but you know what we're going to do what are we doing Luke we're going to dial him in we're going to dial him in and uh, have a quick chat about Telford this is high tech for this pod yeah 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 I mean this is we're I mean, pushing boundaries this is this is like floating cars and, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of level. There were stuff. floating cars at Drake last night. Was that a, uh, a reference to Drake? It wasn't. No, it wasn't. no, it wasn't. Oh, well, just for the record, while you dial up John, uh, Johnny, you know, in, in Drake esque sort of bravado, for no reason at all, uh, a bit way into his concert, a flying Lamborghini, quite sizable, yeah. just just flew onto the you know above the stage. All right, and you know, just because why not? Why not? Why, he can afford it. Why it's not? It's Drake. It's Drake. He can do whatever he wants. Anyway, we're going to give Johnny a quick ring now, and he's going to um, he's going to join us for some quick Telford chat. So fingers crossed, this all works or works out all right. I really want it to go to Answerphone. Imagine. <laughs> leave leave him a voice message. Oh, it's ringing. Hello. Hello. Is that Johnny Drury? Yeah. 
Yes, Johnny, how are you? Good. This, this Good. sounds like who wants to be a millionaire. Like, it yeah, is kind of like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> anyway, uh, Johnny, you're on the Shropshire Football Podcast for the uh, f- for the very first time, I believe. Is that right? Absolute privilege. Privilege to be in such esteemed company. Yeah, well, Lewis Cox here along with our work experience lad, Joe from Swindon. Um, we're going to talk some Telford, though. We're going to talk some Telford. Um, obviously, uh, the, the big the big talking point for Telford this season has been, um, or over the past couple of weeks anyway, has, has been the FA Trophy run and the game against uh, Leighton Orient over two legs. Uh, Telford not doing quite enough, though, over two legs, did they? Um, not, not really, no, but I think it wasn't Telford not doing enough. I think it was Leighton Orient being who they are, you know, a big club at the top of the National League and heading back to League Two and they I think they just had a little bit too much for Telford, although um, at various points in the second leg it really looked like they could overturn it, especially after Orient had gone down to ten men. Um, but I don't think the occasions overall them. It was fantastic to see they had chances and it was one of them cases on, you know, on another day something comes off someone's backside or a shin or something, the goal goes in and the momentum swings to Telford and they probably go on and win the tie. But in the end, you've got to credit Leighton Orient and Justin Edinburgh. You know, they've, they've got some quality players and they just had a little bit too much for, for Gavin Cowan's men. Yeah, and first leg, they I mean, they did incredibly well, Telford, to... Um, to, to I mean, it's, you've done well to get a 1-0 defeat away, I think, to Leighton Orient, you know, the league above. Um, and then the second leg... It's not an ideal way to start, is it? Because they've had a, an absolute mare. No, it wasn't. In the first leg as well, you know, they, they I, I have to say they were quite lucky because Orient probably could have been out of sight in the first half. Mm. Um, and then with about 20 minutes to go, Orient took their foot off the pedal when they could have really killed the tie off. And, and it looked like in the second leg they might be might be uh, made to pay for that. But no, the, the game on, on Saturday, you know, the message would have been keep it tight early on. And it was just, you know, you've seen their mix-ups, you know, hundreds of times where the ball's going over the top. Mm. Defender's already decided he's going to head it, and the keeper's on top of him, and and there's nothing they can do. But credit to the back four. I thought Ross White after that had a terrific game, and Andy Witchley made a couple of top saves. And you know it would have been easy to, you know, to drop your head and make another mistake. But you know they carried on, carried on, um, carried on battling, and you know Telford were always in the game. Yeah, and especially so when when Leighton Orient go down to ten men. Um, I'm not having watched it back. I'm not entirely sure whether everyone will think it's a red card, but he has kind of flung an elbow. He's caught, I think it was Shane Sutton, wasn't he? He's caught him. And yeah. um, I'll tell you what, you can get a red card for them. And I, for, by all accounts, he got away with it in the first leg too. Um, so it was one of them where yeah. you thought Telford really could push on here. And, you know, it was almost set up for them to, 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 to turn the tie around. It was a little bit. The momentum shifted a little bit. And, and the red card, I didn't see it. But judging from the way Harold was sort of putting himself about at Brisbane Road, um, it probably was a definite red because he was he got away with a couple on Sutton. I'm told Sutton might have gone into the game with possibly a broken nose from last week. Oh, really? Um, he certainly had. Uh, he certainly had to come off for blood treatment last week, anyway. So, yeah. Um, as soon as that, as soon as they went down to ten men, the momentum, the, you know, the, the feel of the ground almost shifted in Telford's favour, um, and they started to dictate the play a little bit. And when Ellis Deeney found the net, you know, it was fever pitch really, and they you could smell blood. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it was a great atmosphere as well, by the sounds of it, the New Bucks head has been marred a little bit since, of course, you know, some of the reports coming out of the game and, and Telford obviously issuing a statement themselves. They don't want the club to be brought into disrespute, but, you know, reports of, you know, alleged racist um, racist abuse for an opposition player and then stuff being thrown onto the pitch, it's not what you want to see, is it? No, 
It's not, and especially at a football club where this is, you know, 99.9% of the fans were superb on Saturday. The fans that are there every week, mm. the fans that have come back to the club. Um, but it's 0.1%, probably even smaller than that, you know, has, has marred it. It's disappointing to see, really, especially when the abuse was... Um, and we're, we're allegedly told um, directed towards an opposition player but especially when Telford have got such a diverse squad themselves of, of yeah. black and white players that's that's really disappointing to see and you know it's coming a week where racist abuse in football has, has, has come to the forefront with the, the England stuff in Montenegro as well yeah. um, but what what is good to see I know the club have, have robustly said that they'll investigate it um, we were informed this morning in the in the news desk that um, a 39 year old man from Woodside in Telford has been arrested on suspicion of, of racially um, aggravated um, behaviour of some sorts um, so we'll, we'll wait to see the outcome of that so it's good that it's been dealt with quite quickly but what I would reiterate is you know it is it, this will obviously mar what has been a fantastic couple of couple of games, but you know it shouldn't do really because the Telford fans were a credit to well the, the majority of Telford fans were an absolute credit to the club on Saturday. Johnny, I saw um, I saw Gav Cowan after the game say that Telford had its soul back. Uh, well, I suppose he means as a football club and, and the town. And I know our columnist Bernard McNally was there with you. Just had his column and he said you know the same thing that Gav bang bang right with that. Do you do you go along with it? Having watched them for the most of this season and, and some of last and, and whatever and been close to it, do you you know felt the crowd on Saturday? Do you go along with all of that? A little bit, yeah. It would be nice to see them fans come back again. You know, I doubt, yeah. I doubt we'll see some of them for Blythe Spartans on Saturday, certainly. But um, I I've never really seen the club when it was in its heyday previously. Um, but I've been told what it's been like, um, and it certainly feels that way. It feels that everyone's on side. Um, and it just this is a good atmosphere about the place really and yeah. you know even turning there was I think they lost 3-1 to FC United of Manchester a few weeks ago and you know last season they were probably turned on the players but you know everyone's fighting for the same cause and it's just great to see and you know I'm not a massive fan of the same but like the trust the process that goes round <laughs> that is you know Gavin Cowan's got it on the head everyone's sort of pulling in the right direction and I thought his words after the game on Saturday were we're superb you know and, and Joe knows and, and, and everyone who's interviewed him that you know you don't really have to ask Gav a lot for him to give you a good line but the way he compared the support that Telford have had to um, to the support that the town that Telford give to young Zach Oliver in his fight with leukemia it was yeah. just you know and, and you know completely different things altogether but they've got the same sort of purpose and meaning and I think it has it's, it's Telford's back on the map a little bit I mentioned it in my analysis piece on Monday that you know Telford's had a lot of, as a town has had a lot of bad press in recent years um, the hospitals and stuff at the moment um, mm-hmm. you know the CSE inquiry and stuff and Telford's not seen you know it was a great place on the back of them stories but this has almost sort of pulled sport back up there and, and give them a chance to you know give Telford a chance to have his you know his name put in a positive light and, and that's credit to, to Gav and credit to the players really Yeah just on like a final for me anyway like you say live spot on Saturday and that almost a gauge will be how many, you know how high above sort of average home league attendance they can get it on the back of last week, isn't it? If they can get, you know, between fifty and a hundred extra come just on the back of last week, then I guess that's moving forward. Absolutely, I know that Blythe probably won't bring a massive following, but it'd be good to see. You know, I think they could probably get fifteen hundred in there on Saturday, yeah, which would be good yeah. considering sort of averages about eleven, twelve hundred. Yeah, um, and it was good last week. It wasn't the fact. It wasn't like. Shrewsbury weren't playing or other teams weren't playing you know they got that crowd 
because of the cup tie. So yeah. it would be nice to see them fans come back. Naturally, there'll be a drop off. Um, I know there was, they said three and a half there on Saturday. I, personally, I think it was quite a bit more, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to see you know fans back in the ground and, and back on the nitty gritty. And I, I wasn't there last night in Bradford, but Gav mentioned that. Um, on the radio that you know, there was a good following there last night it certainly seemed that way from some of the tweets and the pictures so you know it shows that everyone's uh, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon so to speak what a win fantastic win yeah um, listened to the large part of it and followed tweets and stuff and and to go there I think they haven't won in 12 attempts or 12 years I think up at Bradford you know it's a tough tough place to go and to try and get a result um, and even at 2-0 you're probably not not overly comfortable but it seemed like they managed the game well and um, and shout out to James McQuilkin by all accounts he's played in the number 10 role the last couple of games and he's really sort of making it his own now and forcing Daryl Knights out of the team mm-hmm. um, and scored um, what I'm told was a superb goal so I hope there's some highlights I might be able to catch it in the next couple of days but um, but yeah and Daniel Udo as well you know I spoke to him after the game on Saturday and he comes across really well um, but he's had an exceptional season and you know scored a typical striker's goal from about two yards last night by uh, by all accounts and uh, he'll be, be pleased with that more than any other goal I'm sure Yeah and before we let you go Johnny um, obviously the mood in camp is must be very very good um, and it's important that because you know they can they can still achieve playoffs and they, they could, could even go up couldn't they? Absolutely yeah they're, you know, they're definitely in with a shout they're in with the, the way the playoffs works now they've got to go through a quarter final and a semi final and a final um, there's an outside chance they might go straight through to a semi final I think it's if they can win all their games and results go their way but it's certainly in the hands now to have a four point buffer to Kidderminster in eight at this point with seven games to go is massive you know obviously that can be eaten up with a couple of defeats but the run in the Telford have got I think they've got they've got Blythe on Saturday who they expect to probably get three points Chorley the week after and then of the top um, the top six, I think they've only got to play Altrincham, and that's at home. Um, so you'd back them to get points in that. So I think they're very much in the driving seat now. And, and you know, I think the the FA Trophy sort of hangover, well, it doesn't seem like it was very existent. But if it was um, existent after Saturday, it's certainly been banished by last night's result anyway. And, you know, I think two or three more wins, and you'd, you'd probably say that Telford are as good as in the playoffs now. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Johnny. As always, appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us your Telford knowledge there. Uh, really do appreciate it, mate. No worries. Have a good one, chaps. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Decent to see doing so good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I can't say this too vocally as the Shrewsbury reporter, but you know, I used to cover Telford and I enjoy non-league, so... You know, obviously very much on our patch, and I have to speak with Gav very often and do stories, so it's really good to see. Um, you know, you always want the clubs doing well, and they've had really tough few years. So you know, three and a half thousand at least, probably a fair bit more the other day, and it shows. You know, there's so much potential. You know, fairly recently they were in the conference, and you know, crowds, and since the reformation they've had playoff finals cup finals and the crowd potential is you know huge mm. huge you know 4,000 5,000 so you know, I hope it continues and hopefully we'll see them in the playoffs right let's get back to Shrewsbury um, yep. we're going to talk a bit of Sam Ricketts yeah 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 because it has been a talking point for, for many fans why Lewis are the fans so frustrated I mean I think the biggest talking point would, would have been after the after the game against Wickham, why 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 are they so frustrated? Is it a team selection thing, or does he does he not really inspire the confidence which maybe they had in Paul Hurst? Yeah, well, 
it's almost entirely to an extent I suppose down to to, to team selection in a way mm. um, he's quite rarely played and started with an 11 that the fans perceive to be the best side that include the best players mm. but as I've touched on and as he speaks about fairly often he, he strongly believes in rotation mm-hmm. um, which managers do at a higher level not all managers do at this level but you know according to Ricketts game is changing and, and moving on and you know with he says with the amount he demands of his players running wise intensity you know at this stage of the season a lot of young lads in the team it's difficult to ask them to, to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday or Saturday, Saturday yeah. and that's how he sees it and he sees taking them out if they've not played as well as a good way to have the competition for places and that's why we're seeing three or four changes every week now you know fans haven't and got on board with that um, and they see you know your Doherty's or Fajiri's or whoever it be come out of the team mm. and they you know Tyrese Campbell's the latest one he hasn't scored for a few games he came out of the side last time out so they they're using it as a bit of a stick to beat him at the moment but a lot of them see it as the reason why the results haven't been as good as you know they, they feel that if you play Greg Doherty results will be better mm. well yeah, I think Greg Doherty's as good as the next guy don't get me wrong but like, he's played in games and, and Town haven't done well he you know, spoke about Rochdale early on in this pod he, he played in that one and scored but was poor you know mm. and poor generally and that's why he, he was dropped for Plymouth now you know he gets Plymouth and he's dropped and there's outrage so I yeah, I'd play Doherty and I'd sort of play him into form and you know, after seeing him all season. But I, I, I see Ricketts' side of it and obviously spending time with him, I, I hear and understand his side of it. But it's frustrating the fans, uh, clearly. And, you know, I'll say team selection and rotation is the sort of chief frustration. But if the results and performances, mostly results, but also performances aren't coming, then it sort of snowballs and you look for reasons why, don't you? And mm-hmm. that's an obvious. I mean, it's an easy one, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an easy. It's, it's an easy one. You know, we fans um, don't really see or hear what's to to an extent the in depth of what they do behind the scenes. So, you know, on a match day, the first thing they see realistically is the eleven. So it's mm. just you know, there's been a little bits of chit chat about how how fit the team are. You know, last season, Town were the fittest team in the league when they finished third, got to playoff final. I. I think that's far from the case this season. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was a great preseason under John Askey. You know, let's forget that. Let's not forget that Sam Ricketts had to essentially do a summer rebuild in a January. Yeah, you know? this was something I was going to bring up yeah, as well yeah, because players having to get up to speed after coming in in January. That's it. You've got the John Askey, the the Askey situation, which of course there was criticism all round for Askey, and mm. there was people questioning whether the team was as fit as they could be, and you know, all this and that. Sam Ricketts has come in and he's having to deal with the fallout from that, but then he's not got a pre-season. So it makes, no. it, it, makes it ten times harder for him. Yeah, of course. You need a pre-season. They're so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> touch wood and, and everything that, that Town stay up in League One this season, I, I still think they will. Um, and I know many people in football do because of the squad and the talent they've got. It's going to be tight. It's going to potentially go down to the wire in that Warsaw game, which... You know, we don't really want it to, but could happen. Um, could be a busy day, that could, yeah. in this office, couldn't it? <laughs> it? Well, just, it could be a lively day, to say the least, at the Meadow and in Shrewsbury in general. Um, yeah, so, you know, he keeps them up and then clearly he gets his pre-season to make his entire squad to train them 
Yeah, and you can mould the squad to your liking. Yeah, them and instill the fitness he wants into them, and you know, get them together, and then and then it's your and then you're properly judged. You know, then it gets to September of the new season, and you you are judged. He's almost got an out here in that. Got to remember the the tough gig he took on. To be fair, because when mm. he took over in December, yeah, they'd done all right under the caretakers, but there was a, a mess to clear up, big style in in the new year, which he had to do. Obviously, we amid a busy cup run, replays and. I'm not trying to fight his corner here. I'm just trying to balance it because he, like you say, he took a lot of stick. Mm. Um, mentioned fitness. Just a bit of the other talk is, you know, fans over the course of the season have said, you know, is this squad really, you know, better than it should be, or is this just where this squad is, where this mm. team is fighting relegation? Like, I think, yeah, it's not as good as last season, but it's still a squad that should be mid-table. Yeah, and, and if it was. If had a consistent manager over the course of the season and no real trouble or whatever, could have been in the top half. A couple more wins in this current situation because of how tight it is takes them, you know, twelfth, eleventh, tenth. That could easily have been achieved with a slight amendment. Listen, I think Ricketts made the squad a lot better in January mm. by bringing in Russell and Williams, Tyrese Campbell, you know, Dave Edwards. Um, although he's not fit at the moment, just improved the squad and got out a lot of the deadwood. And there was a lot of that, and there's still a lot left to get rid of in the summer. Um, but I, I stand by that the squad is better than where it is it shouldn't be where it is it should not be a squad that goes down with the, with the quality there and I think the players will just come to the fore and get them over the line the, the, the last point I'd bring up before your next point is m- mentally I the away record I you know Ricketts Tommy can't put his finger on it he doesn't see why I think it's a mental thing mm. a mental block going away that it's been so poor they sort of think they're not going to win before they get there yeah like a self-fulfilling prophecy and yeah yeah and I, you know I, I think generally when you get to the end of games they've lost a lot of games late on concentration that's mental I think there's, there's a struggle with that generally um, that I think, happens to a lot of teams lower, lower in lower reaches of the table because yeah. everyone wants to protect what they've got and but they end also, up sitting deeper but also there's been just mental, mentally in general it's been a negative season with a sacking and bad results that gets players down I would imagine mm. and they've got little to sort of cling to in terms of good results and all that yeah we had a great cup run which should have inspired confidence and probably did but not enough in the league at all mm. and it kind of spirals doesn't it and you kind of maybe when you got on match day you're not in the right sort of place and I think there's a bit of that not so much at home but um, certainly on the road and, and they need to banish that because they go to South End on Saturday and, that's a, and that's it's a big old it's game. It's 19th against 20th, you know. There's one point between them. Yeah, and then it well, then it gets back to the meadow the following weekend, and it's 19th against 18th. You know, it's it's, it's like I say, it's do or die. It's now or never. And touch wood, I hope it goes town's way. They play Southend, Scunthorpe, Gillingham, mm. and someone tweeted me earlier actually. You say you know you, you gotta be looking at like seven points, and like, I agree. I mean, it's not that easy because you're going away, but they, they, they need to be aiming for that now. Mm. They can't be getting beat by those sides around them because they'll just drag them down. And, you know, if you're getting beat and then getting a draw, the draws aren't good enough, clearly. Yeah, draws kill you at this point in the season if you're yeah. in this position. I mean, if you're, it doesn't matter what part of the table you're sitting in. If you're battling for promotion, points are going to kill you. If, you if, if you're trying to avoid relegation, points, mm. just a single point is going to kill you. So you've got to register wins, and it's important that Shrewsbury Town do it now. And um, it's quite a good segue onto that. So this segment that we've got prepared, um, it's just a League One relegation battle. Who's going down, Lewis? Who's going down? Um, 
a lot of I mean you've Do seen some a lot, talking while I load the table you've seen a lot of um, like the national reports now um, discussing the league on table and just how congested oh, it's it is it's ridiculous frankly um, it? I was covering a, I, I shouldn't mention this but I was covering a Walsall game the other day and <laughs> I was sat next to Pat Murphy and regularly in his radio broadcast he was he was talking about how congest- congested the League One table was. I think Walsall at one point they could have gone up to twelfth or thirteenth. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's incredibly close. I mean, there are only a very few teams in the league, but not battling for something right <laughs> let's, now. Let's but, be fair. Looking at it now, it's actually, ironically, more sporadic the bottom twelve than it was. I think now you got uh, da, da, Warsaw, obviously the the final relegation place. Southend level on points them, and Town one point better off. Shall we talk about the whole bottom 12? Shall we list the whole bottom 12 for those who don't have a table up? Yeah, yeah. So 12, Gillingham, 47 points. Goes goes down to... Then it's Oxford on 46, along with Plymouth. And then you've got Bristol Rovers on 45 points. And then it gets really, really congested because you've got three teams on, on 44 in Wickham, Accrington, Stanley and Scunthorpe. Then Shrewsbury Town on 43, Southend on 42 alongside Walsall, um, Walsall in that last relegation spot. And then you've got Rochdale on 41, FC Wimbledon on 39 and then Bradford City who look the least likely to get out of it at 36 yeah. points on yeah. bottom of the table. But I tell you what, I mean, the way this table is, you wouldn't write any team off getting no. out of it just yet. Um, just there, like we go back to 12th place, Gillingham on 47, that's five points clear of what is now the relegation uh, places on yeah. 42. That was closer. That, at one point, that was like three points. So you, you won result from going 21st or 20th to mm. possibly 12th. So you won result from like being in the turmoil of being in the bottom four yeah. to being mid-table. <laughs> I, said, I can't remember who I said it to, but it might have been you, Luke. You know, when you get those kind of uh, league tables from around the world go viral when it's like yeah, the Italian yeah, yeah. fourth division is mental this season that yeah. is league one this season that's league like, one yeah it's you know quite often it's fairly tight between maybe half a dozen clubs at the top or bottom but I can't remember this mm. um, and you know I was saying to a colleague Joe Massey the other day who covers Warsaw very much in the thick of it now and I saw him tweet about it you know someone's going to finish 12th out of them lot and they're going to be a pretty poor team yeah, and and you know a, a lot of clubs are going to get away with it being pretty poor. Hopefully, Town are one of them, and there's not going to be anything at all between twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, and the teams just keep their heads above water. Mm. Right, so Shrewsbury are a, a point um, above the relegation places at the moment. Mm-hmm. One thing that does help them is their goal difference. Um, it's minus ten, but it's I mean. Anyone below fifteenth, they've, they've yeah. got joint best yeah, yeah. goal difference, which help which helps them out. I mean, South Ends is only minus ten because for much of the season, South End were, were higher up and had mm. a fine goal difference. But obviously, they've not won in eleven and sat Chris Powell, and that's why they've dropped to there. The only team at the bottom that's had a better goal difference in town is Bristol Rovers, who have had a bit of a marked recovery until or they lost midweek, but um, they're sort of getting slightly away from it. And theirs is only minus three, but yeah, goal difference will be. It'd be pretty good for town if it ends up like that because they they'll be all right depending on how these last seven go. That's right, seven games left. Um, we're gonna reel reel these off, and you're gonna give me a, a, a amount of points they're gonna get from that game. Interesting. Okay. So can they stay up? The first game, Southend away. How many points are they getting, Lewis? Wowza. Um, one. 
one point at Southend. Scunthorpe at home. I either a draw or a win. I can't see them losing that. I need. I need a. I no, need. I, know, I need I a number. I know you do, but I'm trying to think what's to come as well. Um, three. Three points at home. Scunthorpe. Gillingham away. I can see that being zero. Gillingham at twelve. Somehow, Gillingham at twelve. Because don't let don't don't be don't be fooled by, you know, one defeat in five and climbing to twelve because they are terrible. I mean, they were blooming poor start of the season, weren't they? <laughs> um, Barnsley away. Now that's a tough one. Yeah, that's gonna see that's they'll go there and all right they've been poor away all season, but they'll go there and raise their game because it's Barnsley. Yeah, um, I, I tell you what, I saw Barnsley against Walsall the other day. That was a game I was covering. And they weren't great. Yeah. I mean, I know they won the game, but Walsall played them off the park. Well, John Askey's Shrewsbury midweek beat Barnsley. Um, John Askey's Shrewsbury beat Barnsley. But as much as I'd like, yeah, a point would be fantastic. As much as I, I could slightly see that, I'm going to say um, a zero at Barnsley as well. Two straight defeats. Ox- Not ideal. <laughs> Oxford at home. So after the, after the two straight defeats, I'm going for, I'm going for a win in the Oxford at home. I'm going to say decent form. Oxford are 13th at the minute, and I think between when Town play them around the Easter Bank holidays, Oxford might just get the results they need and might be a bit complacent when Town need it more. Mm. That that might help you with this next one, Coventry away. Well, because Co- Coventry now they're one of them teams where it doesn't look like they're going to be getting playoffs. I'm hoping they're on the beach. I think a lot of shows will be fans will be open. I'm hoping Coventry are on the beach. Some people are trying to tell me that Cov are going to make some late tilt for the playoffs. Which, as I try and scroll this table up, where are they? Coventry are ninth. They're four points off. Okay, so they could very much still do it. They could, but I just they throw in a terrible defeat. You're talking every like now and you're then. talking five games down the line, though. Yeah, so if, Coventry lost to Oxford on Saturday at home, so they're not making the playoffs. Um, Town will, but like I said, in five games' time, they could be right up with it. Very they could true. be right up in it, or they could be yeah, in no, mid-table obscuring. One of either, um, but let's extremes. let's let's remember: even at their best, cough, they're not they've not been at the top all season. Even at their even when they're you know their norm is to just throw throw in a defeat or, or whatever. So, but I, oh God, um, can can I help myself by tallying what I've got up to now? No, no, no. I'm not going to let you do that. Okay. No reason behind it. I just don't <laughs> want. I just don't want to let you. A point. A point. A point at cough. Alright, and that leaves the final game of the season, Warsaw at home. What a derby. I mean, what if World War Three between town and Warsaw fans kicks off before this game and the game never happens? It'll be replayed at Could some happen. point, won't it? Um it's also a late kickoff just for added um extra. Is, is every is every is every game yeah, on the yeah, last it's day a it's a five thirty kickoff? It's a league one thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, under the well, will it be under the lights? Well, it's the, just co- the, the clocks go back. Someday, it's just the amount they? of uh, it's just the amount of boozing done before the game, isn't it? That's the concern. But mm. There you go. I'll tell you what. I'm sure the police will be looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. I bet the clubs are as well. Certainly, Shrewsbury. <laughs> um, I I can see that the points I've said so far. Town are on 43 points, aren't they? I can see that the points I've said so far are not gonna really tally up to 50. So I can see that Town are likely gonna need something. And I'm going to go home win. Three points. Three points. So that run, Southampton, a point. Southampton? We're not as good. South End, sorry. <laughs> Southampton, one main thing, Southampton. I see South, but I think Southampton. And you know what it is? This is another rap connection. 
Is it? Been to Southampton, but I've never been to Scunthorpe. Oh, wow. <laughs> that one was complete wow. accident. That was complete accident. Sorry, Tiny Temper. Yeah, anyway, okay. the South End, you can one thank point. You later for that. that was Scun- Scunthorpe, you get a win, so you've got four points. Nothing at Gillingham or Barnsley. Oxford, you get three more points. That puts you on seven. You're eight, right. eight at Coventry, and then a grand total of 11 if you beat Walsall. That's 54 altogether. Which should keep you up. Yeah. 52 is normally the one, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's... So without the win on the final day, I've said that I'll be on 51 by the final day. And yeah, 51 could easily go down this year. Quite easily. And I I think I've been fairly fair and balanced with those results. I don't think, you know, what did I, did I say a point for this? I think sc- you might get something from Gillingham. Go through what I said again. A draw at Scunthorpe, a, a draw at Southend, a win at home to Scunthorpe. Yeah. Nothing against Gillingham or Barnsley. I think Barnsley, you might be right. You, I think they could get something from Gillingham. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if those two aways in a row yielded nothing. I, look, I, I want to be proved wrong, and if they get a point from those two, that's better than nothing. Yeah, if they won one and lost one, great. It could easily be beating Barnsley and losing at Gillingham, just the way they've been this season. Uh, but the away, the, the away form worries me. And that's why I've said that. But to be fair, that's that's a low, you know, that's setting a low bar, isn't it? So it could be better come the final day. Could be. Well, it'll be interesting anyway. I tell you what, if they get if you get them results, I'm gonna have to ask you for some lottery numbers. Yeah, I'm gonna, I might have to um, back that with a bit of uh, bit of cash now. Aren't I? Yeah, do it. Why not? Um, I did say they'd scrape it, and that's what it's kind of. Oh, that'd be the ultimate scrape down if it comes to a winning on the last day. Well, you know, I, I've got. You know, just just having the colleague Joe Massey that we work with, obviously who covers Warsaw, it would be, you know, it would be pretty tough on the final day to be there with him, like sort of having to console whoever it is that you know one stays up, one goes. Well, we'll see. I'll tell you what, I'm not looking forward to that day. That's going to be a busy old day. Um, right, let's let's finish up with a Southend preview, shall we? Um, enjoy that drive, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, can't wait. Got a hotel. Got, a, got another hotel. <laughs> nah, it's Saturday night, isn't it? Got a friend who lives down in South End from uni time, so I'll meet with him after for a bit of grub and then come back. It's um, it's not the worst. It's got it's got parking for press, which I base oh, a lot decent. of um, away days on. And although they help, <laughs> they hold you to hostage. You know these um, clubs that want to want you to like answer their sort of preview questions yeah, yeah 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 they do that for their programme and they email the questions and say if you can answer these there's a parking permit in your waiting for you if you were <laughs> so you know you got to call their bluff at some point you got to well, say no I'm not answering well, I just take parking on away days usually seriously so I was more than happy to answer their questions mm. with the prospect of a parking pass so happy days where's where's the worst for parking Where where is it that you found is the trickiest uh, place to park um because for me, last season, I went to Crystal Palace. No yeah, parking. I've heard that's horrendous. Yeah. That was grim. Um, also, Sheffield United. Where is that? I'm what, trying to think. What a bloody nightmare. Because it's right. It's, it's one of the oldest grounds, if not the oldest. Do you know what? I've had a nightmare situation parking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was, there's no there's no press parking whatsoever. I was locked in somewhere. <laughs> um, and myself and Matt Wilson, the Albion reporter, we ended up finding a road to park on. But it was about a 10-minute walk. Uh, and they kicked us out of the ground. I was in the middle of uploading our post-match video. I had to walk with my laptop open, uploading via my phone to the car in Sheffield at about quarter to midnight. Not fun, that. Not fun. 
Mine's Peterborough in League One, probably. Um, really dislike going there. Uh, although Town did win there a few weekends ago, one of only two away wins this season. Yeah, I just had to part like 15 minute walk from the from the ground. It felt like I did like a mini marathon on the way, and it was such a long walk. I had to stop off halfway just to replenish my thirst. Like uh-huh. it was, uh, I needed that pie that day. At least you, yeah, at least you had food. Yeah, so I uh, got parking at South End as we segue back to the original point. Um, and what did I say? A point? Yeah, I said a draw. Yeah. So um, I'm, you know, managerless, having sacked Chris Powell. Paul Hurst, the man leads. <laughs> when we, um, you know, yeah, when we did the last podcast, when when Nathan hosted, um, it was ahead of Rochdale, who just sacked Key Phil, and Paul Hurst was leading the odds, and I had my fingers <laughs> an easy firmly, name, an easy I, name. Well, to yeah, lead. he leads them all. I had my fingers firmly crossed that Paul Hurst wasn't appointed for that game mm. because extra workload just. Whole lot of, um, whole lot of agenda, story, you know, narrative, yeah. all that I could do about that again. So if uh, if Hursty just wants to, you know, avoid this one, he can take it after Saturday. Just well, I'm not sure if he's going to get the uh, South End job or not get any jobs till the summer. Let's see. You just hope they don't have the kind of managerless bounce that Rochdale had when mm. Rochdale sacked you. Phil, they had caretakers in and, and they beat beat Town. Don't need a repeat of that. Rochdale were without a winning in so long. I think Southend are 11 games. So, listen, Southend have got terrible injury problems. Their confidence should be shot. Derek Bish ain't happy rock, about it. Rock bottom. Yeah, our deputy sports editor is a Southend fan from Essex. Um, they've basically got Simon Cox in attack, that's it, and he's about half fit. Mm. So, is it, you know, if they're going to go away to any of their rivals and win. It, it needs to be this one because I can't really see it at Gillingham mm. who would sort of in, in this bottom 12 I can't see it at Barnsley because they're second Coventry the penultimate game is you know like I say hopefully they're on the beach and you can go and win at the Rico because they're already on the holidays but away days just been a misery this season come on then give me a match prediction and we'll finish up 1-1 uh, 1-1 yeah Royally sitting on the fence. Paul Hurst's first game for Shrewsbury was away at South End. Oh, really? It just popped into my head and it was 1 1. That's weird, isn't it? That is weird. That is quite weird. Very strange. I'm strange going to, one to end on. I'm going to go with a 2 1 Salopian victory. Yeah? Yeah. Strong. So you're. I'm the optimist, mate. Could. Well, maybe not got time on this pod, but do you, what are your opinions on them getting out of trouble? Having I not think, watched much of you know it, or. having not watched Shrewsbury Town all season <laughs> yeah, um, until the final day when you rock up. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah, the final yeah, day, yeah. I'm a proper plastic. You're, you're there for the scrap. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there, mate. I'll be there with my camera in hand <laughs> to get the drama. Yeah, I'm ready. For, I'm ready for the drama. Um, Do you think that's it? I think they will. I, well, I don't know whether I think they will. I want them to. Okay. But I also want Walsall to as well. Okay. Um, obviously, every club you cover, you want to do well. Yeah. Or not at least not get relegated. Um, just because League Two, I mean, be grim that, wouldn't it? Yeah. All I'm clinging to is that I'll be ticking off a load of new grounds, but that is all I'm clinging to. It's yeah. not going to happen. Touch wood. I don't want it to happen. It's the last thing I want to happen. I just think they got too much quality. Yeah, I agree. I think they got too many good players. It's a very positive note to end this pod on. Yeah, mind you, I thought that about that Villa team that went down. <laughs> Maybe being a Villa fan, I thought, nah, we got way too many good players. <laughs> to From go the down prim, slight difference but yeah we, no. we got Jordan and Mavi 
We got Jordan Veritu. Wow. I mean, look at all these We've quality got players. Names. We had Jolien Lescott. I was like, oh, well, there's no way we're going down. Of course we do. Um, anyway. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks thanks, thanks, thanks for listening. Um, fingers crossed Shrewsbury Town can get a result this weekend. Lewis? I'm trying to think of uh, Drake puns to uh, end on. Struggling. Struggling. Oh, well. <laughs> um, I can give you the list of Drake songs if you really want. Just hold on, we're going home. There we I'm go. Going home. There we go. So fingers crossed to Salah. Fingers crossed they can get a massive result this weekend. <laughs>